Sure. All right, welcome to Iggy Talks Too Much, Episode 6. Um, last week we did a talk on a review of Terra Invicta, and we're on the, uh, much on the gaming angle. Um, sorry, Ant, no, no, no Star Ocean Last Hope this week, but we are going to be doing a discussion it's of coming. roguelikes. Yeah, it's coming. It's probably next week. It's been a really busy week, and of course, between the between December Ween holidays and New Year's, everything gets weird. Um, so here oh, we are. It's my, it's my favorite. This is my this week is my favorite holiday. So I'm Iggy. Yeah, um, you know me on on all the Iggy things, and my link tree will be with the uh, post and all that fun stuff. But again, with me, I have the wonderful Koya DK, KoyaDK.tv. How are you doing, my friend? Hello. Any any plans I, and all I'm... that fun stuff. I'm doing great. I have nothing really special going on, but you can always find all of my stuff at koyadk.tv, C-U-Y-A-D-K.tv. And uh, uh, most of the time I am making soap in my kitchen and you can buy some of it at that website. And that's most of that is my deal. I'm kind of getting involved in more podcasty things, but maybe maybe sometime I'll say, hey, listen to, maybe someday I'll have a prepared pitch of some of my other creative efforts that aren't soap but koyadk.tv you're talking about soap knives today yes i thought that was really cool <laughs> uh i have a lot of devices for cutting soap and none of them do the job exactly perfectly. yeah that was the thing. that's the yeah <laughs> um so we're going to talk about roguelikes because it's time of year where that's that five letter uh drm site that sells games that everyone loves loves that has give, a big sale every year it, yeah it has it has a big sale every year and this year they sent out just like how spotify and other other things do. ah the wrapped the, oh yeah, are you gonna was, talk about the image i sent you yes that's that is why this entire episode is happening koya Good. <laughs> that is why the entire episode is happening would you like to recant to the audience exactly what what were the five things on the thing that you sent me this is not a uh, well, they were they were roguelike. Uh, roguelike was on there. I think I think one of, was Metroidvania on there. Metroidvania and it was, was on one. There. Was it something like Roguevania? There was Rogue-vania one that was like was in between. There. Okay, and then two D fighter, two D fighter, and third person shooter. The last one was oh, it was it what the last one didn't have the word rogue in it. No, I don't think it did. I felt like. Are you sure? Oh, okay. I mean, that could be correct. I feel like it. First I person felt like shooter. there were three things that were clearly the same thing, which was yep. the rogue Metroidvania spectrum. And then 2D. And I thought the last one was like roguelike action or something or roguelike strategy. Like just another word added onto roguelike, but I could be wrong. Maybe there were six things. I thought it was a five. If this is, so I'm describing a spider graph. I should know the proper name. Well done. And, but this is the thing. What's so. And. I, I feel like I should, I feel like this should be on the table. I, I at first, when I, when I first saw mine, this is the one I sent you is not mine. But when I saw mine, I was like, is that seriously the six genres? Oh, it's six of them. So there was another that one that was rogue action or something. Action roguelike. That was the other one. Yes. Oh, okay. God. So when I saw mine, I was like, is that the six things that Steam thinks are the spectrum of video games, but then I saw other people's and it just takes the category of whatever your top six games were. But it's still funny if someone shows you your Steam wrapped 
and your spider graph is action roguelike, roguelike, metroidvania, and roguevania. Like, they're really offering a wide variety of games on this website. Shakes, you shake my head, man. Like, this is so, what this is what go ahead. I think that the term rogue, I think any game that gets seeded at all, any game that rolls any RNG to set up the game when it starts, <laughs> people are going to say that's roguelike. Anything procedurally created, I bet that the, the tag roguelike is on Terra Invictus because sometimes there's not water on the moon. Invicta. No! Like, I think no! I'm tagged with roguelike. Oh my god! I'm going to have to tell other people who also value what an actual roguelike is that you said that. That's what people, that's people think it means that's any brilliant. random setup. That's what, pe- that's what it's come to mean. Man, the start of civilization, the start yeah. of the game, it's, it's a roguelike because it's a random map. And that's oh what someone is, someone is out there ready to make that argument to you right now. So, someone truly believes oh that. Oh, my God. And I, I like, like, there's... Like, like I, I, like, I try not to be that guy. But the problem is, is sure. like, sure, there's a dictionary. <laughs> there are definitions. <laughs> you don't just... It's not like I look up the word the and then decide one day that the word and is now going to be the word the. So and sure. is just now the all the time. So whenever you try to say something, the, something else, it's always just going to be the, and that's what the meaning is now. Because people try to give me that argument of how the lexicon can change... Sure, but your spider graph, Asper. Yeah, I didn't. I, I couldn't get into mine because I had to log in. And I didn't. Have and to you know, language does change it and does. evolve. But we're but trying to most categorize of the time when it games rapidly. Yeah, <laughs> like like people try to tell me like, well, we, the, the the word came into use in the past year. I'm like that's not how no. language works. These yeah. things happen over a long period of time. Like like I got like like when they added doe to the dictionary. Okay, Simpsons. I get it. Like that's you know like. Like it's sure. ever. It's not like we're changing the meaning of something, and it's something that is very commonly used. The problem is, is like people calling something the wrong word. It's still the wrong word. You're still wrong. Like I'm sorry. Yeah. I know what you mean, but that's you know, it's like going to a foreign country and like you know, trying to say a word in a language, and it's like they know what you mean, but you're still wrong. They'll still help you. They still yeah. know what you're talking you're still about. Still walk, walking around. They know what you meant. But there's a thing happening in your brain that switches it around and know what they actually meant. Oh boy. Oh. Oh my goodness. Steam is really just. And this I is the problem. Should, I could find out what I actually got. So Asper. Because that Asper, was just that was an image I found on Twitter that tickled my fancy when I saw the amount of the word rogue in it. I was like, that's hysterical. So TF Asper said that there are six different choices on, on, on yeah. theirs was Souls-like, Farming Yep, sim, I had that one. Yep, I had Action Rogue. Oh, no, I'm looking at loot, someone else. Loot. MMORPG. Loot. That's, a, that's a genre. Loot. Action Roguelike. So right. now, like, I want to get into roguelikes for a little bit. Maybe this will be like a two-parter thing. But now Dude, I want to know what my Steam thing is. I want to know, because I couldn't see it. I don't know how to... Let's see if I can get it here. I do not even know what an action roguelike is, but my biggest spike on the spider graph is action roguelike. Is there a way on like regular souls like, or do I have to like actually Um, sign into Steam? I got an email about it. I got an email once I had to log in on the website. 
And that's the problem. Yeah, so the first, and when I saw it, well, so I did end up seeing mine by looking at the Steam app. Not okay, a website. I'm getting my Steam. So it will, it will show it to you on the app. But yeah, I got Creature Collector, Souls-like, Farming Sim, sim Tabletop, 2D <laughs> Fighter, and my biggest just... spike way overall is Action Roguelike, wow. which is everything today. Which is basically, everything as you said, the game opens Not to mention with... that everything is Metroidvania also. Right. These days. That doesn't mean it. And what happens is that none of these things end up meaning anything. That is what is That's going it. on with None of them describe exactly what the mean game nothing is soon. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like someone's wrong or right. It's that what you are doing is destroying what words mean. Well, I'm here to tell you that the people that are calling things that are roguelikes that are not, they're, 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 just, they're just wrong. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, we can be nice, but still wrong. Like, I've been wrong about I things. I played Stone Soup one time. Do you have played DCSS? Dungeon Crawl Stone Soup? Yes, I have. Yes, at your, at your direction, I played it on stream one day. Where the heck is the Steam? Your Steam replay. Let's see. Before we get deeper, I gotta know I what to mine... see what you get. How many roguelikes oh, is it? No, some of these get? aren't gonna be counted. Okay. Well, of the stuff that it counted, because keep in mind I'm like offline and like places sometimes and play stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, let's yeah. see. Oh boy. Okay, this is so. Okay, so pinball's usually left on, but it, okay, it says sports. So like, okay. it, there's like four webbing. So like, one and a half is sports. Like oh, wow, you didn't half, even get the six spikes. One and a half is baseball. Pinball's at two. <laughs> super category from sports. Music is at one. MOBA is at three. And Souls-like is a little bit higher at about three. Those are... What did you play that was Souls-like? It's probably Elden Ring. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nine, 9% of the games that I played were released eight or more years ago. 9%? Yeah. I don't so know. It doesn't appear four, to have counted your, a lot. So your six categories, mostly sports? Yeah, it said sports, baseball, pinball, I music. love that baseball is separate. Yeah. Yeah. And then pinball. Yeah, I'm not really sure why those are separate. I don't even know what the hell sports would be. So yeah, keep in mind, I don't actually play a lot of games on Steam. When I'm on Steam, I'm not necessarily online on Steam. So it's right, recording, yeah, sure, sure. like literally what's in that is Pinball FX, um, which I which we're going to have a pinball review and we're going to talk about Pinball FX. Um, uh, the oh. Super Mega Baseball 3, which is probably the baseball okay. game. I have no sure. idea what the sport game is. It could be when I reinstalled <laughs> Football Manager or something. I don't think I did that this year. Um, um, that like, would probably follow. Like we played iRacing for a bit. But that's not recorded on this. Um, Elden okay. Ring is on there, and Terra Invicta is on there. Uh, Terra Invicta is definitely know... sports. How's the other thing? Oh, and like uh, Rocksmith and stuff to have like a digital amp. Oh, sure. I have no idea what other. That's sport not sports. Maybe there's either. a driving game I played. Is music one of your? Did you get music as a category? Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 So any like musical helping program that I have open, but primarily like a Rocksmith so is... type thing. Is Hades a roguelike? Is it yeah, an action so roguelike? It is. It's not a roguelike at all. That's oh no. That's okay. Part of this, like adding the keyword action tells you a lot about it. But I mean, to me, it's more like an ARPG. Right. It's more. Isn't it yeah. more like Diablo? Except you get options yes, as you very, go along. But, however, pr- uh, procedurally generated dungeons 
And this is the other thing. So is, is Diablo a roguelike? Permanent with Air Bunny's death. Permanent right. death. So, yeah. So we're, we can just go over the, the, the Berlin Those interpretation. Those are the things. And, and, yeah. And, and why the Berlin interpretation is the only correct answer. Or random it better booms, be 90%. Random bosses. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just everything the random. little baby that cries on people and poops. Um, so Isaac, we, we've had fun. We've had fun with the steam silliness. So let, let's get into some okay. of the hard, the hard evidence. Tell me what the game. Like so there's this thing known as the Berlin interpretation and sure. Some things, some things can change in a little yeah. bit, in a little bit of time, but back at the roguelike development conference in 20, 2008 held in Berlin, Germany, which is where the name comes from. Players and developers established a definition for roguelikes. So, there are certain things that they determined that were high value factors and low value factors at, uh, in, in terms of, of determining whether something is a roguelike. And the thing to understand is the reason it's called a roguelike is because it's distinctly similar to the game called Rogue, which is yes. a game you play in a command prompt that you move around and you have ASCII characters, which you can replace by sprites, that's fair enough. Um, but the, the primary mode of things is you move around with the arrow keys. Most of the moves of the game are you moving around, you fight stuff, you generally are going down like kind of one dungeon-y thing. Um, yeah, certain things are random, there's certain guarantees, um, but you get to the bottom and you win. Um, you kill the boss or whatever, and that's, you know, you, you, you get whatever the MacGuffin is, you leave with, escape with the orb, or get the, you know, the ring. Pretend you're Frodo, like, literally a lot of sure. early roguelikes are copying Lord of the Rings and just doing whatever and, they can to not get sued. And D&D. There's a lot of D&D stuff, but no behold. I, mean, I guess D&D was copying Lord of the Rings, if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. So so as far as the high value factors, and I'm going to get into some of the details that I, like how I think of things have changed, or at least what I value and what games that are still maintained today and what they've done. Like there's certain things I really don't like, and I'm the type of person that really wants like modern, I don't say modern UI and user experience, but like I don't like like what happened to Dota, where we're trying okay. to pretend we're playing a game that's made people playing it today with really bad UI that continues to regress and, and limits what the players can actually do. Cause I know people that did like, you know, like accessibility options and stuff. And like a lot of that doesn't work very well in a lot of games or could work better. That's a whole nother thing. So the high value stuff that you need to have in a roguelike, first of all, you got to have a random dungeon. There can be certain guarantees and stuff that happens, but like your net hack, your, your ADOM, your Tom, your DCSS, the dungeon's random every single time. That's a large part of the game component, which is where everything else that's illegally flagged roguelike on Steam is, is where illegally. the song Because this is literally the core component that, as you said, I mean, just because something's random doesn't make it a roguelike. And, yes. But, but you do need procedural generation. But okay. Legend of Zelda is not a roguelike. Even if they make Ancient Cave or whatever, it's still not a roguelike. Why is it not? Well, it, the game needs to be turn-based. Why does it need to be turn-based? Okay. has to be turn-based. Because anything that's not turn-based is an action game. What is a key core component of how roguelikes work? The key core component is anytime you don't know what to do, you always have the option to think about how to solve the puzzle in front of you. That's it. There's a monster in front of okay. you. There's, there's, a, you know, there's some type of room that has lots of enemies in it. Um, you have to make a decision about which way to go, but this thing is about to kill you. And of course, a big key thing in roguelikes is permadeath. I'm not a huge fan of the permadeath aspect, but the key thing is with the permadeath, I, I'm okay with no permadeath, 
However, the trick is when you start a new game, it's actually a new game. Why is Slay the Spire yes. throwing everything else out? Slay the Spire, um, Hades, any of these games like Rogue Legacy, hilarious, um, even like <laughs> Darkest Dungeon taking out all Isn't of the other Isn't that a 2D problems. platformer? Yes. It's an action game. It's not turn-based. You don't... Yeah. There's no, you're making decisions in an improvisational, on-the-fly, because something's immediately flying right at you. You have to make it. You're rolling dexterity and not wisdom. Exactly. So... The, the, the key thing is with the permadeath is that nothing carries over to the next game. You're not unlocking yep. things for the next run. The first run isn't supposed to be harder than the next besides the knowledge that you gain about getting into the same situation and realizing what you could have done differently. Um, yes. So that that's a really key point of it. The other key point of it is, and this is where a lot of those also fail, is that the game needs to be non-modal. What do we mean by modal? Well, in, in programming, a modal box is when a box pops up and you have to do something with it before you can go back to what you were doing. It's like a warning I know box this because something. of the Matrix. Why do I know about the Matrix? They talk about modals in the, well, the new Matrix movie. So, so there's certain times... This rule can kind of be broken a little bit because of modern UI. Keep in mind, when roguelikes were made originally, we had a command prompt or telnet or some type yeah. of, of prompter. So you always had everything in front of you. And it was there were different types of thing called multi-user dungeons where there were yeah, points where it was I almost sort of mentioned modal. that um, yeah. a little bit modal in Muds. the sense that you could uh, end up in a shop or something or, or picking skills from a list. Um, it's very, it should be very limited the amount of time. The key thing about the modality is that any point in the game, all actions that you are available to do should always be available. You're right. not really changing forms into doing something else. You're not going back to the town that's completely separate from the game and like buying upgrades for the next level or whatever. Like, yeah, we're going into a shop and it completely, uh, completely changes the interface. There's a new yeah. menu and a whole. Yeah, that, yeah that's yeah, yeah. where a lot of these old, like the, the modern versions that have pop up menus, run into trouble because you can't, when you're in shopping, you can't do the moves. Like, you should always, in theory, always yeah. be able to do. You always can read a scroll. You can always move. You can, you always can make any decision you want on that turn. But when you're in a shop, you have some, some have shop interface, which is kind of fine to me because I think that that adds a lot of uh, being able to, like, I don't want the UI, UI, like, Windows now exists. When this didn't, sure. when the Windows didn't yeah. exist, these were created. So having, it just depends on what we're really doing. Because some games, the modality is you go play another game and then you come back. Yes. So how does Slay the Spire works? Slay the Spire, you're kind of jumping around doing different things. You go to menus, it's, you have to pick a decision, you have to go to a shop, and all these interfaces are a little bit different. Of course, you're still playing a card game, but the reason could, that Slay the Spire doesn't work is there's a whole bunch of reasons if we, once we crack it down. But it's, sure. It's, yeah. I mean, they're already there. You could uh, you could describe Slay the Spider... Slay, I always say that. You could describe Slay the Spire as a, a series of card games. It's a bunch of different games. It does really well. It's right really in a cool row. game. It's still not a real I like it, yeah. No, it's a procedurally generated I, I wouldn't game even, that shares... I wouldn't even. Yeah. Okay. Could you put a card game into the roguelike category by any stretch of the imagination? According, I to don't you? think so because it breaks the modality. Okay, yeah, right. Because yeah, like, yeah, think yeah, about yeah. how Slay the Spire really works. If it was a roguelike, you're you have a card in your hand that lets you attack. You have a card in your hand that lets you block. You have a card in your hand that lets you do something else. When you don't have the card, you don't have you that action. Yeah. 
and that breaks. So the, it's really it's really a solitaire card game. That that's has, actually a very tabletop feeling kind of rule. That feels like Dungeons and Dragons. Your oh, character yeah. should be able to do whatever's yeah, that's available. The thing. To yeah, them. it's right. it's a very very loose version of a, a Dungeons and Dragons type thing. Um, yep. So the other thing about roguelikes, and this is where, well, I guess Slay the Spire would have something. Like, a lot of these games have this. Is that there's multiple ways to solve a problem. So spoiler sure. alert for NetHack: there's a drawbridge. Okay. Well, there's a lot of different ways to solve the drawbridge problem in NetHack. In fact, there's all these different floors you go to that have different challenges. You need to figure out once you know more about the game how to prepare, how to better prepare yourself, or if you got lucky and got certain items, or you can get wish or whatever to do get certain item. There's a lot of different ways to attempt to do something. And as much as I really dislike the dev direction of NetHack, they've thought of just about, hey, Ant, how you doing? We're talking about oh, roguelikes. No. Um, there, there's a lot of different ways you could do things. So like a cockatrice corpse is something you can, like in the, the joke with NetHack is that the devs have thought of everything and you can basically okay. put gloves on and wave around a, a uh, an enemy that stones things, anything it touches, and anything you touch with it, it stones them. Oh, that's, you know, yes. there's there's, a, there's always interesting ways to solve problems. And all the really good roguelikes... Can you turn you, the river to stone? Um, There are ways to, to solve the I think there is. There's definitely a roguelike that, well, Adam lets you do this. You can definitely freeze a lava lake sure. um, to, yeah, uh, yeah, to yeah, get yeah. across to solve a problem. But there's other ways to do it. And some uh, Yogi's always amused when I, at one point in Adam, I had so much health that I didn't, I just want to see if I could do it, to be honest. But oh, yeah, I, I swam yeah. across, across the, uh, the, the, the lava piranha-filled lake that does like, a biz- it's oh. literally meant to not let you do this. But if you have Piranhas weight, live in Yeah, they do like lava? 200 or something That's... damage a turn. So you swim across in three tiles and lose like, I had 999 wow. health, so, and it was like the last oh. thing I needed to do to go win the game. How much yeah. damage did the lava do to you? It's like an... I think it's the piranha. It, 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 it's just the being in the lake does damage. <laughs> and whatever flavor text they added. But there's like a big lava pit and there's a, a boss in the middle that has a ring you need. And in order to get across, you usually have to freeze. You can build a bridge. Um, but if you're really silly and stupid like me, you can just swim across. Run through it. Um, but generally you'll never... Like that was kind of done to see if it was possible. I was like, "Hey, let's go do it." Right? Yeah, um, yeah. It's not and... it, usually you're supposed to lose doing it that way, like hundred percent of the time. But yeah, so the key thing is, is like, and I like to add on to this. It's just that in any given situation, this is where I don't like net hack, and but net hack's still a roguelike, so don't, it's only wrong here. But I think the best roguelikes are those that no matter what situation you get to, all of the information is in front of you. And there's enough stuff in the game to allow you to solve the puzzle in front of you and and move on. And Dungeon Crawl Stone yeah. Soup, prior to the most recent versions, I felt yeah. it was so well balanced in that no matter what random garbage you found on the ground, there's there's a little bit of a long-term planning, but even short-term planning, you always had a solution to any problem in front of you. You can read what the enemy, reading what the enemy does, um, and just analyzing the situation was really, really good for tactical play. Whereas in a lot of these ones, the taking out the action thing and anything else, there's times where you're just kind of screwed and didn't really get many good options. And really, the game yeah. is balanced around this idea that, well, procedurally generated, well, some runs are going to be really easy and some runs are going to be really, really hard. Well, in a roguelike, it can feel like that. But when you get really good at a particular roguelike, it generally doesn't matter what you get. And it's all about yeah. building a longevity in the game. 
knowing how to beat the early stuff where you have enough guarantees, then getting to the hard stuff and then trying to kind of improvise a way to find a solution. But the longer you can stay in a roguelike, the longer you have to basically build that character, build whatever skills that you need to, to beat the later parts of the game. And a lot of the early game is knowledge, whereas a lot of these other games that you can just buy on Steam, which by great indie devs, there's a lot of great games, like Spire, you know, even like A Binding of Isaac and stuff. It's just that certain games you can kind of just get screwed by the random generation because the guarantees are kind of different. And there are different versions of procedural generation, but we're not going to get that stupid, stupid okay. deep into it because okay. like every single game, like there's, there's a really cool ancient cave thing for, for Zelda going on right now. Like you just go through rooms of Zelda, Zelda 1. Which just randomly generates oh. rooms. You have to kill kill everything in the room. Move on. What were, what were you going to say about uh, tactical play and how that plays in? Like, do you ever feel in some of these indie games that you play on uh, off of Steam that are labeled some form of of of, of rogue light, as it were? That yeah, you're just you're just screwed right. and you can't win, uh, and it's frustrating to start over. I feel like I feel like in a, in games like that. Once you learn the game, it it shouldn't be too hard to get. You should it shouldn't come down to RNG if you're able to get a good start and start yeah. building. Like there's poor luck, like, but it shouldn't be a coin flip when you get to a certain situation. Right, and sometimes, and I feel like sometimes it sounds like with Stone Soup in particular that they were like, well, people know the game, and they still want to be challenged. So let's just turn these dials and make it randomly hard. Stone Soup is a hard one. Hard things randomly happen, like. That's one of those that, unfortunately, the community is sort of thinks one thing, but they're not the devs, and the devs kind of stopped listening to the community and just kind of did what they want to do, and it's, you kind of have your own rationale right. for doing something, and yeah. you can, it's sort of like the meta with Dota. The people that are behind the scenes, in theory, could just go with whatever rationale they want to change the rules, and that's what they, kind of what they did, and it's kind of, uh, the beauty of, like, the, the problem is, like, they'll say, well, you can just fork it and do whatever you want. I'm like, well, that's like taking your ball and going home, right? It's like, like, yeah, like the, the the cool thing about Dungeon Crawl Stones, so it's a super super cool thing about it is that you can go play it online. You can watch other people play. Like, there's a really cool community, but everyone's playing the most recent version that they've released. Yeah. I still play like point two one because I just think it's superior to anything that's been released for years. There's a lot of really like not to say anything you know ter- terrible about the devs or anything. It's just that I like the game a certain way, and a lot of other people like the game a certain way. It's just that they've taken the direction. To, to a different extent, but they, they still put a lot of work into the game. It's just that I just don't like the, like one of the things that they've added I don't like is, where it is right now. Yeah. One of the really frustrating things is that many, many years ago, the community said we need to remove traps from the game. And they basically yeah. tried to shoehorn away for traps to be in the game. This is kind of you going off of our discussion, but, but this is what happens with a lot of, you know, with, with, with even NetHack has done this. Like NetHack could have cleaned up all of the UI and made it a lot more friendly and fair for people to play. But they didn't do that. They just continue to be kind of set in their ways of how they think it needs to be, which on some level is fine, but there's a difference between like losing because of the game and losing because the UI and user experience is really poor and hard to deal with. Like the fact that there isn't okay. a pop-up. Yeah. There isn't a pop-up inventory menu that works on Windows. It only works on like different versions of the game do uh, different operating systems do not work the same way. The options sure. don't aren't okay. actually implemented correctly and they don't work and they still haven't worked. Just interesting to me, but anyway. So the trap That's thing pretty, is just that wow. instead of like traps you walk into in DCSS now, anytime yeah. you uncover from Fog of War, just walking around, anytime you see a trap, there's a chance the trap just happens on you, and it makes you one of the things in 
roguelikes, and to get back to the to topic, is that there's this idea of resource management. You get a yes. set number of items in the game, and this is where the RNG comes in. Sometimes you get more, sometimes you get less. But there's a set, you know, you get certain items in front of you, and the idea is, is to manage the resources. Somewhere yes. in here, we took resource management, which is in business sims. It's in any kind of game you play. You're generally managing resources. It works a particular function way. of solving the puzzle in roguelikes, and the way your brain thinks about it and the way that you problem-solve in a roguelike is different than you do when you play a game that is action-based. There is no turn-based action where you can stop and think about something and really go through your inventory and see, oh, here's something I unidentified I didn't use. I might just about to lose, but quaffing this random potion might save me. Or, you know, is it better to randomly bounce around to a different square? Like, there's a lot of different things you can you can look at your inventory, decide what you think is the best action, and see what happens. Whereas if you're playing, you know, Hades or something, you just continue to hack and slash things, and it's, well, you either continue to beat your head into the wall or change with, you know, pick a different skill or something, get a different boom, right. um, or try to, like, shape your upgrades, but you're generally trying to kind of corner the market on something. It's sort of like a card game, in essence, like a Slay the Spire, where you're trying to build this crazy deck, and you don't know if you're going to get the crazy deck or not. But if you're, like, good enough at a roguelike, generally the good deck is just going to happen. It's just how long can you last. Um, whereas Slay the Spire, yeah. you kind of have to roll with the punches, which happens in roguelikes, too. But, but that, the resource management is a really important aspect of the game. Um, and the other key thing is that it's just, it's just the focus, like primarily in a roguelike, and it's another one of those high level things or one of the top that considered to be most important is that it's primarily a hack and slash game. Hack and slash meaning you walk around and you walk into things and you slash them. Sure. There's, there's potentially spells and stuff. And this is kind of where the roguelike like stuff gets lost. Your, your primary goal, primary goal is to kill monsters. It's not, Skyrim, where I'm deciding whether to help, help or harm somebody. I'm not having sure. a storyline. There's no you're not, you're not interludes of going off on some quest. You're dungeon crawling. There generally are not peaceful options. Maybe to solve a particular puzzle, like, you know, you might be able to cast a spell that makes everyone friendly with you or complete a quest that makes it so that, you know, certain humans on a level aren't mad at you or something, or be a certain race and you go down there and, you know, you're an elf, so the elf level doesn't isn't mad at you, but you're not you're not brokering, you're not dealing with factions or anything like that. Peaceful options are generally not a, not an option. You're generally killing nearly everything. And that's, those are pretty much all the high-level um, factors, um, at least that I can think of. So, Does it tend to be one dungeon? Does it tend to be, here you go, generally, you've begun, you're like, at the beginning like, of the dungeon, it's going to be random. Like DCSS and, oh, the trap thing is, just, like, instead of traps going off, just they go off randomly now and enemies can walk on traps too oh. so there's sort of a there's basically degenerative play that i feel that you have to do in order to play consistently and that's make a lot of noise drag everything to the stairs lure the them less, into the traps well no no the traps affect you so oh. the less tiles that you explore of the floor where you might be teleported or have all the enemies on the floor come towards you or be dumped two floors down by a shaft those are the three traps that are primarily around stuff. Oh, um, okay. But the key one is is being Sentinel's Mark, which makes it so every single creature on the floor, and in DCSS they have a mechanic that involves monsters being asleep, so they don't wake up until you've actually woken them and they're in your range or something wakes them up. Sentinel's Mark literally tells them, you're here, everybody come to you. Yeah, so if you're exploring the floor... And, and you just it, you just always will just hit them. You just magically hit them. And there's, and there's also teleport traps that, of course, teleport you somewhere random on a level. So how do you combat, combat this? 
Well, I stand on the stairs and yell. I read scrolls of noise to bring things closer to me. As long as I know that I have enough firepower to deal with whatever's going to come my way and kind of what I expect on the level. But I find that safer because anytime you explore, you could just get screwed. And that's that's why I don't like modern DCSS, is I don't... We were talking about, like, tactical play. Well, the problem is yeah. tactical play doesn't exist when you're just thrown into a situation where you could just lose. Um, or be basically forced to burn all your good escape items, which is the resource management, but you only get so many, so if you're just every few floors having to do something because of a trap. And I usually play like challenge classes and stuff too, it's just, the balance is just not as sweet as it was, and the balance almost feels more like the various stuff that they shovel on, on Steam trying to say they're roguelikes when they're not. Um, mm. So people are probably wondering, well, what you know, what's actually a roguelike? Well, the best examples that you should check out, Dungeon Crawl Stone Soup, still still a cool game, and you can always go download the older versions if you'd rather play that, but I mean, it's still playable. Um, you have Tome, um, which is which is kind of a more modern take, and it, pro- it does break a few of the rules. Um, we have NetHack, the classic. Um, we have Ancient, I think it's Ancient Dungeons of Mystery or something, ADOM. Um, there is a graphical yeah. as well as a free version. Um, goes on sale from time to time. Um, but that one's actually interesting because that one does actually have a world map and you do actually have a lot of decisions about where to go. So it kind of breaks a little bit of the rules, but I mean, it's been around a long time and it's, uh, it, it's still a roguelike. <laughs> it, it's just okay. that the, um, it has basically like an extended end game type thing. Like there's a way to go win. Then there's a way to go do a whole bunch of other roundabout things and then go back and also win. Um, just because you're like, okay. like, um, so Angband, A-N-G-B-A-N-D, um, was one of the really early ones that spawned off of Rogue, and it plays a lot more similar to Rogue, and there used to be a really nice graphical interface. I don't know what's out there these days, um, but but there's Angband, and there's all these offshoots of Angband, Zangband. Like, pick a, pick a letter of the alphabet and put band, Angband, on, you know, Angband under it. Angband. A, yeah, Angband, A-N-G-B-A-N-D, and it's awesome. That was one of the ones that I, I played a ton. Um, and, of course, got into other ones before I beat it. But I had, it was Tom Baker, not Tom Baker, it's the Tim Baker or something. Somebody made a graphical one that was really, really nice. And one of the, the features of, uh, of of that was that um, it had Angband, Zangband, Omniband. Oh, no, are we going to talk about FTL, Ant? FTL's close. FTL, it's close, but it's still not a roguelike. But it's a really, really good game. Wow, is it a good game. But it's like tactical ship combat, and it's also real time. Cool, you can pause, but it's still real time. Um, but, but that game is really, really cool. Um, and the other one I was thinking of that I have on the list in front of me is, uh, Sheeran. Sheeran the Wanderer, some of the older games, and don't use the warehouse, because the warehouse lets you carry over items to other games, but Sheeran the Wanderer, which is on SNES, there are versions of it on Steam, but they do a lot of that, like, the game is meant for you to re, to, like, replay it and, and, like, unlock stuff as you go, but for the most part, like, if you play a fresh cart, no warehouse, which is how... Yogi and I will generally play it um, or just have like the 100 floor dungeon, which is just true roguelike because the game strips all your stuff when you enter it, at least on the older versions. The newer versions, like when they re-released it on um, Switch and stuff, they changed a lot of the rules. But the game is... Yeah, but they uh, made it more if, if, like, like a modern mis- roguelike. Well, roguelite. Yeah, they made, they made it friendlier for, for casual I mean, The warehouse sounds like what people say the definition of roguelite is. They say the light is what is the fact that you can get something and use yeah, it on the Yeah, let me just go in with my plus 99 sword and just destroy everything. Yes, exactly. And yeah, perfect that's, armor. That, that's like, what makes it light. That's called yeah. Pokemon. You level up your guys, you just win every time. <laughs> it's called any RPG. But, um, 
But oh, Shira and Shira the Wanderer is actually really, really cool. But obviously the older ones are... SNES, huh? Uh, SNES. Okay. Yeah, there is actually a wonderful English translation of it as well. So you don't have to play with the, the Japanese uh, characters cool. that you I... wouldn't know. But it has everything. Like it has the, the unidentified thing. Like So let's run down some of the low factor things that are also part of that Berlin interpretation. And I'll... Okay. So... Like, for instance, they said that the game had to be presented with ASCII, ASCII characters, so, you know, these alpha, alphanumerics on a tile-based map. Yeah. Meh. I, I like modernization. Sprites are cool, and it's effectively the same thing, because I'm a programmer, I can tell you. Literally, it's a yeah. flop of the... That's pointless. Um, uh, the, the the game, yes, this is, like, this is actually something I think is way more key, and I think is actually more distinctive. Because, um, like, for instance, Darkest Dungeon, not a roguelike. Why is it not a roguelike? One of the key points to me is that you are controlling more than one person on a playthrough. You love that game. That's that one game. of your favorites. We have, we have a, that sh- I should just play back my review of a review. I've, re- I've heard it. <laughs> I think I highlighted it on the channel. But Darkest Dungeon, Good. man, what a terrible, great, fun game. Also a really, really poorly designed game. But like the like all the lore and stuff behind it and like the culture they created, awesome. Like I know streamers that have like, they got the announcer guy to do all the announcements for their channel and stuff on it. And I think that's absolutely that's incredible. awesome. I can still yeah. say that the game just needs to be shot into the sun. Um, wow. It's just, I don't, like, I, I don't like games that, that present themselves as a roguelike. You go, it's a grind fest. And so part of the frustration is, is you go up and, you know, back, you know, losing all your dorky party members to then replay yeah. the same content over and over. And it's just farming more money to upgrade the town to actually do anything. Does it get, is there a permanent death that you're doing this over and over again? You're grinding over and over again? There is a way to lose on, on the harder difficulties because there's a time limit, like a number, of, okay. a number of weeks you get to do adventures. But, I mean, yeah, all the people are disposable and there really isn't much unique about them. And the key thing is, as far as, it, like, besides all the other things, the key thing, it's also non-modal. It, 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 it's modal, not non-modal, because there's, you go camping and stuff. Like, there's times you leave the even just the regular movement of the game. You're in the town. For sure, sure. You have to manage yeah. people. Yeah. So it's really, it's more like an XCOM, like a management type game. It's a strategy management game than it is anything. Since you, you lose the guys, is it like each of those guys is playing a roguelike? Are they all individually playing a roguelike? Yeah, yeah that's my not? question. Yeah. Well, they're not. <laughs> no, okay. So they're on a loose <laughs> tile-based grid, but the problem is, is there's like, um, there's like no real decision making. Like they move forward and backward. And they move to places. But the fact that you're not controlling just one dude. So, like, Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Baldur's Gate with a lot okay. of these things said. Like, in theory, if you just played one save, okay, you can, get, you can get past a lot of these things. It's primarily hack and slash a lot of times. But there's story. We could uh, Let's put that aside. But a lot of times you can just go barbarian your way through everything and just say it's a roguelike. It's still not because you're controlling a party of characters. Final Fantasy Tactics. Not a roguelike. <laughs> yeah, it's one shot. You lose. I guess you can reload. But, like, you know, a lot Is of these games that people like to play one shot... Well, I mean, you could say the random battles. What if the whole game was just random battles, and it's a oh, rando. You're yeah. playing the randomizer for it, so everything is random battles. Still then not it a roguelike, real. even though it's... Oh! You have to, you're controlling a whole party. Like, I, I play, like, Panzer General or something. Well, it's, you know... No! Okay. <laughs> um, and the other the other thing is is that they, they said that low factor is that um, uh, monsters that have to behave similarly to the player character, such as the ability to pick up items, use them, or cast spells. This is another one that I think is pretty important to define. So, like, for instance, do the monsters behave by the same rules of the dungeon that you have to? Okay. 
So does that happen in Slay the Spire? No, they break the rules all the time. No. Yeah. That's also, the point. In most right. in most games, the point is that the monsters don't follow the same right. rules. Right. And like in any kind of Souls type yeah. game, any kind of like a Hades or anything, there's bosses that you know, or like by Isaac, there's bosses that do things. Like a boss in a roguelike game is someone that has a ton of health, some really terrible spells that you could also learn or find a wand or something that usually does it, and they usually have a bunch of friends that also have really annoying abilities, or their ability like yes. smites and, and ignores line of sight or like a projectile or something. So, yeah. So they also they can pick up stuff off the ground just like you can and just blast you with it. So, yeah. They also tend to spawn with like sometimes a random orc or something can spawn with some crazy sword that could send you to the abyss or something. And that's yeah. that's the, uh, um, you know, the further you get away from that, the more you get into these other games that pretend to be roguelikes that are not. Um, like there's some leeway with certain things, but just the general design of a lot of these games just doesn't match that. They don't, they don't play by the same rules you do in, in in some regards, and don't don't behave. You like whenever you see a new enemy in a roguelike, you have a reasonable expectation of what they're going to do. And a lot of these other games, even the ones that are action based, you have to see how the boss behaves first to know. Like in oh, Slay the Spire, yeah. you have to know what their action set is, and sometimes their action set does something different or problematic, or or just something that doesn't exist in the normal game, so to speak. So yeah, so that that's that. Um, and they also said another, another bullet point is the game aimed to provide a tactical challenge that may require players to play through several times to learn the appropriate tactics for survival. That's a lot of games. Sure. Um, but yeah. I, I, I would really stress the way that I described it in that you're solving a puzzle and there's a certain feel I get when I play a roguelike and how I'm solving puzzles in that that differs from a lot of other games. And a lot of it has to do with the amount of time you have to consider things um, as well as there's no coming back with with upgraded equipment or anything. You lose here, yes. it's a new run, yeah. unless you're, like, doing a practice that's, run with Wizard. Yeah, uh, that's actually, I mean, you may have just kind of mentioned that, but, I mean, that's a huge line between most RPGs, most games people even play, is the idea that, like, well, I'm going to come back with bigger armor and a bigger sword, because right. that's... That's exactly know, how Rogue Legacy works. You, yeah. you upgrade the tower, yeah. and then you, sure. you come back with more health and a better weapon. Um, mm-hmm. And but the feel is a lot different. It's not like figuring out a boss in Final Fantasy. It's not like trying to figure out how to kill a boss or do a room in Hades or like how to build something. It's like learning a whole system. Yeah, like it, it, it's learning the mechanics of of the game and and being able to. It, it's sort of like like we're not just. It sounds just like a chess and checkers thing, but it's it, it's there's certain. It, it, it's just a feel that you develop after playing different types of games. Like I'm huge into puzzle games. There's a huge difference, and we'll get into this on some other episode, um, of of thinking about what it is to be uh, playing an abstract puzzle game like Mr. Riven, uh, or something along those lines, or playing one that is oh. uh, <laughs> procedural, procedural or okay. continuous. But a game like Baba is you. They present to you what the logic is, and they like one of those sure. games that you used to play on Flash or whatever, where it's the same puzzle each time. But the logic rules are, are flipped around, like basically trying to solve a logic. The Talos puzzle. principle, exactly. The Talos principle. Yeah, pretends people say, like, "Oh, it's like Rivet. You'll like it." And like, no, rules. We're going to give you a bunch of puzzles it's with the these rules. Same puzzle every time. They just yeah. change change the difficulty. The and blocks are in a different place, so you have to do the things right. in a different order. Whereas in an time. abstract game, you have to go in and figure out what the puzzle is, or figure out how to interpret something. It's like not prom, um or online riddles would be N-O-T-P-R-O-N, yes, exactly as it sounds. 
those, those would be examples of abstract puzzle games because you don't know where the game is really going to take you and you don't necessarily know what the puzzle is. But there's some chain of logic somewhere to figure out what to do to follow it Z to A to figure out what to do. Those games have a completely different feel than a game like Baba is You where you're scratching your head trying to interpret something you've been given to work on. Whereas in an abstract game, you have to figure out what to work on and then maybe you have to go back and reinterpret what you thought you needed to work on. I love puzzle games. Baba is You is a little bit like doing algebra. Yeah, it is. It's also like interpretation, and some of the game is absolutely great. Some of the rules they don't quite tell yeah. you, but it's pretty solvable with just asking a friend or getting a guide or something, just to understand sure, yeah. some of the interpretation. But it's, it's solvable because there is a very clear solution that is always the solution. Yeah, and that's sort of like the rule. I think in that game, there's well, there's a few ways to slide different things around, but basically, there's only one solution to that puzzle. Whereas in an abstract okay. puzzle game you go through and there's many different ways to get to the puzzle solution. Like I might have a different approach than you do. Yeah. We eventually get to the same solution, but it's, there's sort of a mechanical way to solve the Baba as you puzzle versus solving an abstract thing where I might start from a different angle and discover something or have a certain, like your method of problem solving is tested in a different way. And that's sort of, that's sort of the difference that I'm trying to capture talking about um, how thinking in a roguelike is different than thinking in a, you know, what they sell on Steam that is not a roguelike. They also require thought. And they, there are times that those games, like the ones that I really enjoy best, because I still play other games, um, but like the ones that I really get into for that while is when they really have that, when they have a similar feel to, to what I would get in a roguelike. It's not quite the same, but but I still have those moments, like and like when I was really into Slay the Spire, like there's these moments of decision of resource management and stuff, like, like where that decision making is happening and how it's happening and the time the time measures how it's happening. That, that, that That's why some of those games, I think, kind of, to some people, will start calling them roguelikes when they're not. But, like, FTL is a great example uh-huh. of that, where, you, you know, every time you get to a certain point, like you do get to stop and think about what you want to do. And a lot of those decisions, when you reach a node, right. completely change how the rest of the game is going to go. Um, and you have to make decisions how you want to build and stuff. And, you know, basically the fighting is really the only time-based component of it or action-based component. Everything else is pretty much picking picking stuff. But, of course, you control too many people, and all of a sudden it's not a roguelike anymore. And also it's not it, it, the modality of it. You, you switch modes and stuff. Um, so what else, what else I was think on I, the list? Hmm. We're almost through the list. Almost I through. think I know. I think I might know what the action roguelike I played was. What was it? I'm going to, I'm checking. I mean, there's no way it doesn't say this, but I'm checking the store page. It occurred to me. It doesn't just show. Just because we were talking about the way you progress and the, the permanent death. Sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I don't want to wreck your chain. Action, action roguelike was there. And it's the first descriptor on this game that I played for 30 hours this year. Vampire survivors. I was going to guess First that. descriptor, action roguelike. Oh, Random, God. permanent death. Those are the only requirements. According yeah. to random uh, upgrades, the, uh, you endless know, enemies, the zeitgeist. Yep. Um, that game's super popular. Midori was playing that game the other day. It's a good. It's good. It's it, good. It, is, it's good. it keeps you. It keeps you doing it. It's a slot it's machine, good. man. It's it's just like luck be yeah. a land. Have you played luck be a landlord? Slot machines. Have you played luck be a landlord? No, I haven't yeah, even we heard. Might, of we that. might have to. We might have to give you a December wing present. And check that one out. Oh. They call, they, call it, they call it they call it some kind of slot machine roguelite. Do you play as a landlord? I think you're paying the landlord. Oh right, yes. Of and course. If, I think once you don't have enough money to pay the landlord, you lose. <laughs> um, Permanently? 
Well, you have to restart over. That one I don't think right. I, maybe well, it does yeah. unlock stuff, but what I think that's, like, I mean, that's about as permanent as it gets around here. Um so the other thing listed here is a low low value factor according to the Berlin. Is uh, mm-hmm. game involves exploring dungeons which are made up of rooms and interconnecting corridors. Some games may have open areas or natural features such as rivers. Well, these are considered against the Berlin interpretation. This is where I disagree with it a little bit because like games like Zingban existed and the idea was to expand right. upon the original dungeon. So there's like it was based on some novel or something, but it's Frodo Land and there's like woods. You go out to the woods and bad stuff happens. But you but the yeah, primary goal is to still go down to the dungeon. So it's a level yeah. of how much distraction is okay. And I'm like, well, Adam is definitely a roguelike, and there's a world map, and yeah, you can get distracted doing other things, but, but, I mean, just because there's a random dungeon, you just continuously go down forever, and that can be your distraction instead of playing the regular game. Like, one of the things that, if a roguelike has a weakness, it's sort of the MacGuffin factor. It's like DCSS has this orb at the end of the game, and the whole point of the game is for you to go down to the dungeon, go to the, go to the bottom in the, in Zot, grab the orb, and escape with the orb. The orb run is just kind of stupid and literally, like, admittedly by everyone. Like, there's literally no point to it. Like, people have to come up with ways to make a challenge. Like, like once you've gotten the orb, the game's over as far as... Right, yeah, because nothing's going to stop you if you've been through all that. There's ways to make it more dangerous, such as not clearing the floors in Zot. Where this, where being random to, traps that drop you two floors. Yeah, the random traps and the fact that Zot, the last level of Zot is extremely dangerous and generally you should always clear it. Hey, Ridley, how you doing? We're talking... Ridley! We're talking roguelikes with Koya here. Um, I was just talking about Midori, too, with Vampire Survivors and how that game's Vampire not a roguelike, despite yeah. being uh, very no. good. Um, but yeah, so it's okay that there's other stuff to do. Like, there's... Um, it's not really a roguelike because of... Oh, fuck, is it him? Uh, there was another one called Fantasia Four, but it's not really a roguelike. It's just an old Java game. But like, you, the goal was to go get the MacGuffin, um, which was to go find the Holy Grail. But your character ultimately died of old age. It, it's very very <laughs> Lords of the Ringy. But you basically move yeah. out on a Cartesian coordinate grid, and the further you go out, the enemies just get harder, and the enemies are just randomly generated in front of you. And the challenge is, is that you go out far enough, the enemies are too you know too strong for you. You just you can yeah. screw up. And you're an old it. man at that point. Yeah. But once you once you once you became a um, part of the Knights of the Round or whatever, you got three lives. Oh. Once you found the oh, yeah, you got like three mm-hmm. wishes, and that was your. I guess you burn them all. You you use them to come back to life. Yeah. So what do you so think? That's yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> what do you think the genie would do if you said, "I wish you didn't have those stupid rules." With regard to... Oh, with regard to roguelike You, know, you can't kill anyone, no one can fall in love with you, no one can come back from the dead. You can't wish for more wishes. Oh. My wish is you didn't have those rules. I'm sure there's a logical way to, to mess There's a way that he's going to mess me That's, up. That, I mean... I, I, I mean, he's going to keep on me no matter what I do, so... So, so what do you think? I mean, does that... What do you... Like, as far as roguelikes, I mean, does that does that encompass it? Am I missing anything? Is there... Is there is there something else we should we should touch? I mean, I didn't know about this Berlin definition, yeah. but I kind of was. I was on the page you're on as far as I, you know, if someone had asked me to show them a roguelike, and still, if someone does it tomorrow, I'm going to show them DCSS. Right, like it. it that's as far as I'm concerned. That's it. Right. And everything on and everything on Steam is mislabeled because of oh, that's yeah, money. 
Well, because that's the whole thing is that trends. people because of trends, not even money. You, you hit it. it. I mean, it, we all know this, and if we don't, we at least yeah. subconsciously know it. I mean, random dungeon. RNG, that's why everything is Metroidvania. And yeah, it, it it doesn't really describe. Like for a great example of that is La Mulana is one of the greatest games of all time. Ridley, hi Ridley, I'm not picking on you. Um, I I was sold to describe La Mulana like I I say it's Mist plus Metroid. However, I realized okay. okay after watching Ridley play it and Ridley massive fan of Metroid. You give Ridley anything Super Metroid. And it's amazing. It's not like Metroid at all. It's it, not and the problem is, is that taking even out the puzzle components... It's more like Mist. The movements, taking out the puzzle components, even the okay. way the movement works in the game is not Metroid. Yeah. Yes, no. you have a whip. No. It's still not Castlevania because of no. how the movement interaction... It, 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 to me, it is a puzzle platformer. And really, it's a puzzle first... And then you're also Indiana Jones. And that was how I used to describe it. And then someone tried to hit me with, oh, no, no, no. I heard Spelunky. What is the, what, so what, what did we say? That's a huge thing to me that makes a Metroid game Metroid. Like, yeah, this, I, I like recognize Metroid. that, too. Samus's movements in Metroid games are completely different than, than you know, what's his name? Uh, the guy in uh, Castlevania. Like, so you can't just call it a oh, Castlevania game. Timing. Sorry? Simon. Yeah, Simon. Mostly. Mostly. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of one of the There's other guys. There's card. There's other guys. But just thinking of the earlier games, he, he jumps and yeah. has the really, you know, shaky He whip. jumps and he has a whip. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Ridley wants I don't to know, see Metroid I can't, Dread someday. I can't quantify this. I don't know exactly what it is, but La Mulana feels like a PC platformer to me. I don't... I can't say anything. I don't know why. PC platformer? Well, it was originally It just feels on... like a PC... It was, yeah, but I mean, it just feels, it doesn't even, like, I, well, first of all, I've said before that there's just something weird about the way La Mulana feels, but it, I don't know. Well, it, it doesn't seem, puzzle games. not only does it not seem like Castlevania or Metroid or a console game, yeah, we it seems like a, a weird episode. PC game. So, any questions I, yeah, from chat on Roblox for as we wrap this up here? Sorry. And, no, you're good. No, you're good. I just, I... I want to make sure you get back to your hot plate, Koi. Would you like to shout yourself out again as we, we get towards the end of this? Uh, I would love to. I am Koi DK. You can check all of my socials and things out on TV. Also links to my Etsy and Patreon, where you can acquire the beautiful handmade soap that I make. And uh, like I said, next time maybe I will have something to say about my various broadcasts and podcasts and things. But right now I'm not really sure what I'm doing. It's the end of the year. I do know that you can buy soap from me. You're laying low. Uh, Iggy, you mentioned a game to me I've never heard of today. What's that? Mr. Riven. Mr. Riven? Yeah. What? You Mist, said Mr. Riven, and I was Mist like, what the Riven. fuck is Mr. Riven? Mr. Riven is actually pretty good. You've been breaking up a little bit. But oh, call me Dave. Bad. My dad is Mr. Riven. All right, that that's our. As Ridley says, Koya soap is good soap. Having gotten, thank you so much. Gotten the soap, yeah. Not, always love to have Koya on here. We've been a special guest like this entire December Ween week. Uh, good to see it's Ridley. Been awesome. Yeah, no problem. It's been good to see Ridley, Ant, um, Asper, and I think that was kind of everyone I kind of saw in chat. 
Um, this, I'm Iggy as usual. This was Iggy Talks Too Much, episode six. We talked about roguelikes. Um, and that's that's all that's all we got here. Take it easy, everybody. Have a good have a happy new year. Bye bye. Thank you so much, everyone. <laughs>